Hey friend, welcome to The Ashley O Show. I'm your host, Ashley O'Connor. I'm a registered nurse turned health coach, and I am on a mission to keep people out of the hospital and into healthier lives than they ever thought possible. How? By getting back to the basics, prioritizing mental health, ditching diet culture, and repairing our relationships with food, fitness, and our bodies. Expect unfiltered, unapologetic, and unsugarcoated conversations about building lives, careers, bodies, and minds that are stronger than we could have imagined. The truth is, I don't have it all figured out, but I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now let's go chase some uncertainty. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We are right in the middle of our burnout series this week. And today, I really just wanted to share my burnout story and my own journey through it because I know that some of you may see yourself in my story, and that'll at the very least let you know that you aren't alone and that there is a path out of it. I just want to be proof of that for you. And I also just want to normalize this conversation. Now, first, if you haven't already, definitely go listen to the last three episodes where we talked about the burnout as an epidemic, the different types of burnout that exist. And then yesterday, we really dove deep into burnout in our bodies and the impact that it has and how it might be getting in the way of you reaching some of the goals that you have for yourself. So my story in burnout really started while I was still in the ICU. So for those of you who haven't been following along for a while, I started my career as a nurse in the fall of 2019. So in the end of 2019 is when I started in the adult ICU. And by the time I was off of my orientation, it was February-ish of 2020, and the pandemic started a month later. And for most of my time in the ICU, so for those 18 months, essentially, I was a COVID ICU nurse. Now that already, it's kind of like starting your career uh, by just throwing yourself into the fire. And I was also working night shift. And you know, with the pandemic, there was lots of trauma happening and lots of extra work that was put on even the new people in the unit where I was working four plus shifts every single week. So there were just a lot of factors that led to really getting burnt out because of the pain and the trauma and the struggle that was happening. And also the demoralization of my coworkers. The energy on the unit shifted over time. Like when we first hit the pandemic, we were all in it together and there was lots of unity and we were fighting and working our hardest. But you can only do that for so long. You can only burn the candle on both ends for so long. You can only strip out of all your clothes in the garage and put them immediately into the washer because you're afraid to get your family sick for so long. There's there's only so much energy you have for that sort of heaviness. And so that was another big factor for me that really hurt and really made this difficult was watching the people who inspired me so much in my career lose their own passion because they were exhausted, because they were burnt out, because they were suffering and in pain and exhausted. In the last few months where I just kept trying to fight and trying to deal with work and and stay in it because what kind of new grad leaves the ICU? This is where a lot of people end their careers, right? A lot of people want to get to the ICU and keep going and, and just stay there. And I just didn't know what was wrong with me. I asked myself this question all the time. What's wrong with you? You have it all. You have the career. You're in the perfect place. That Your team is amazing and you have support. Like, why can't this feel right? I would drive into work each night and just dread it. <laughs> just wish, 
God, I hope something bad happens to me so that I don't have to do this. I maybe I'll get COVID and and I'll be so sick that I can't go to work. Like really awful things that nobody wants to say out loud. These intrusive thoughts were happening more and more often so that I just felt numb or heartbroken essentially every time I was driving into that hospital because it just didn't feel right. And I was so tired of doing what I was doing. And it felt demoralizing for me because I went into nursing to make a positive impact on people's lives. And I no longer felt like I was doing that. I was zipping up too many body bags and keeping people on ventilators for far too long because people couldn't let go. And this is not against my patients' families, but I watched so much of this suffering happening and we were causing it, a lot of it, because we were we couldn't let go of people that had already gone, that we were causing them more pain and suffering than we were helping them. It really felt like we were constantly fighting for quantity of life rather than quality of life. And that is important to me. The fact that I want to make sure that people have quality of life, not just a longer life. Because if the years of your life that we're prolonging it are miserable and you hate every moment of it and you're suffering and in pain and struggling, what are we doing? That's sort of what it felt like at the end, especially was just what am, how am I helping these people that are really going through difficult times? They're paralyzed, intubated, sedated. They can't see their families. And we know that this outcome's probably not going to go well. And yet we're still keeping you alive on these machines. And I can't imagine it being very comfortable or happy, or even if they're mentally there at all, it was just disheartening. And I think that I, I want you to take my story and just apply it to your life and maybe situations that you've been in. So this was disheartening for me because it was going against my values. It was going against what what I wanted to be a nurse for. And maybe for you, if you're a teacher or you're in a different area or you're a parent, maybe you had a vision of what you wanted this to look like and it's just not turning out that way. And maybe it's turning out the opposite. Maybe sometimes you feel like you're harming more than you're helping and that really hurts someone who is in service, who devotes their life to making other people's lives better. For for those of us here that our caregivers are in service, like that's a passion of ours. It's really hard to carry that passion and feel like you are doing more harm than good. They're in opposition and that feels really uncomfortable. And so I muddied my way essentially through these few months. I just kept trying to fight and stay because racking my brain thinking like, what is wrong with me? And I just remember there was one time where my husband and I went, I think we went to a tea place and I was really excited about it. I enjoyed the experience we had. It was on the weekend. And then I knew that I had to go back to work the next day. And I just remember sitting in the car with him on the highway, close to tears, which takes a lot for me, just feeling horribly miserable about having to go to the hospital the next day and simultaneously feeling extreme guilt that I felt that way. Because why couldn't I love this, right? Like I, I wanted to help people. And from an outside perspective, it looked like I was. So like, why isn't this enough for me? I felt all this pain and all this guilt. And then I just remember my husband saying, you don't have to feel this way. I don't want you to have to feel this way or feel like you have to stay in this profession or in this unit feeling like this day after day. That doesn't sound right. You shouldn't have to feel this way. It was one person giving me permission when I 
didn't feel like I could give it to myself. And at that point, it's not like I just leapt from nursing. That wasn't where I was at. I made a change. At that point, I said, you know what, I am going to look for jobs and just see what's out there. It's okay if I leave the ICU. I started to finally give myself permission because he kind of did it first for me that I could try something different and see if it fit better, see if there was somewhere else that would feel right for me. And that was really impactful. That was an important next step in this journey where I was feeling extraordinarily burnt out and hoping that this may help me get out of the mud. But it's also really hard to feel that burnt out and put effort into finding a different job. I barely had the energy to take care of myself. So the energy to try and search for a job felt very heavy. But I also knew that it was necessary. I knew that I had to do it for myself. And I also just want to kind of talk a little bit more about the behind the scenes that was happening. So this is all I'm talking about career wise, like, this is how I felt in the hospital. This is how I felt with my job. But I think the big signs that burnout is is occurring for us and is taking over our lives, and we need to make change in order to pull ourselves out of the mud. The biggest signs are the things that happen outside of your career. Because a lot of us are getting burnt out in our career first, or a lot of us are getting burnt out in our primary role. So for parents, this might be you. If you are a stay-at-home parent, you don't have to have a job that you're going to to feel burnt out. You can 100% feel burnt out in your role that you play primarily. So if we look outside of just that role, there's so many things that start to happen that tell us a whole lot about how we are feeling mentally, physically, emotionally, and what's going on for us. So during this time, as I was kind of dreading going to work every day, there were a number of other symptoms essentially going on too. I was no longer working out very consistently because I was so tired. I just thought, how on earth am I even supposed to do this? I kept giving myself permission to stay in bed later and later and later. And sometimes we know on this podcast that is important. Rest is important. I am not someone who says like team no days off, like just push yourself all the time. But if you consistently do it and you consistently see that you need more and more sleep and more and more rest, that should be a red flag. I was also eating differently. At work, I was eating whatever sweets were in the break room more and more often because I didn't have the energy to make myself food and nothing sounded good. So even just my taste seemed to change. Like food didn't sound very appetizing, especially the like quote unquote healthy foods did not sound appetizing anymore. I needed like high sugar, high fat foods in order to entice me enough to even eat them. I started to be angrier. This is another thing I noticed is that I started to have a shorter temper. I started to snap in my house. So like with my partner, I would snap at him more often, which is not our relationship. It's not how I normally am. I'm usually very patient, but my personality started to shift as well. When I did have time off of work, I would spend all of that time like doom scrolling or binge watching Netflix, basically doing nothing productive or meaningful, nothing that actually made me feel good. It was literally me just existing on a couch trying to stay alive is what it felt like. I had to do something to distract myself and numb myself from what was going on for me and this just deep misalignment that I was feeling. And all of the things I'm describing, I'm sure some of you are picking up on this, sound a whole heck of a lot like depression and anxiety, right? And I've struggled with both of those things. And all of the things going on very well could have been based on depression or anxiety, that biochemical shift that was happening. But I account that biochemical shift 
to the impact that burnout was actually having on me. Because as we talked about yesterday, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and do so. But when we are in a chronic stress state, we have all sorts of hormones out of whack. There's all sorts of systems that are either being fed more or fed less and energy is moving in different directions because our body thinks they're constantly trying to survive and escape a bear. Like there's lots of things happening that could ultimately lead to those changes in the brain that can lead to depression. So I, to me, I think of these two things as linked. And I think that we need to take care of both of those situations. So feeling depressed and anxious doesn't mean that you're not burnt out. And feeling burnt out doesn't necessarily mean that you are struggling with actual clinical depression or anxiety. It might be something where it's situational, there's a trigger going on. But get therapy regardless. If you start to feel how I felt, this was one of my steps in getting myself out was I started to see a therapist again to see like, what's going on for me? What coping skills do I need? Those little steps are really important. And I don't want you to discount those. We know that burnout causes depressive mood. That is very true. We know this. But if you can move through the burnout, recover from the burnout, and those symptoms go away, then maybe it's not a deeper clinical depression that's happening in the background. So I think it is important to kind of tease out the chicken and the egg, like what happened first. Because if you are just struggling with clinical depression going on, there's an imbalance in the brain, and you just need some support to move you through that, and then the job's going to feel good again. That's one situation. But also you could could have gotten burnt out at the job and that caused a imbalance in the brain and now you're feeling those depressive symptoms and if you can resolve the root cause of the burnout and help support yourself through it all of those things may resolve themselves i hope that makes sense but this was actually really hard for me because i have struggled with depression and anxiety in the past i got really scared for any of you listening who have had periods of time where you were extremely depressed anxious um, I struggled with an eating disorder in the past. There's lots of dark times that that I had in my life. I also carried this deep fear that that was going to happen again, that I was going down a path where I, I was going to feel so bad that I would land myself in the hospital again, that I would have really dark thoughts again. Like just wishing harm upon yourself is already a dark thought, but it could have escalated from there if I did nothing. And that was really scary for me as a person who had experienced the depths of depression before. I say this because I know someone listening maybe has felt that way and is maybe currently feeling the fear that they're going down a path that scares the shit out of them again, that they're going down a path that feels really dark and heavy and, and they don't want to go there. Just don't ignore that feeling. Reach for help before you think you need it. Before you reach that point, I want you to work with someone, get a therapist, start talking. Maybe it's through work. A lot of work uh, companies now have that option for EAP, I think it's called, so the Employee Assistance Programs, where they will actually connect you with and pay for a therapist. That is a great resource to use, so definitely reach out and use those. All that to say, I just want to give you an idea of what this felt like for me in my personal life and my career life so that maybe you recognize yourself in the story or you see components that are similar and you just know that you are not alone in those feelings. Because I think it's one thing to say, I just hate my job. And it's a whole other thing 
to say that my relationships are struggling. I can't communicate anymore. I'm shutting down. I'm isolating. I'm not hanging out with my friends anymore. I'm not doing anything that brings me joy. I'm maybe not spending as much quality time with my children. I don't feel like I can take care of them the same way that I wanted to. I'm exhausted with anyone who needs anything from me. I have no energy left to give the other people in my life because I leave it all at work and I have nothing left for myself. So I have nothing left for them. I'm neglecting my own health. Like there are so many red flags. And that's what I want you to recognize in my story. And I want you to start to see it in yours if this is true for you. And like I've said multiple times in this series, even if you don't identify as someone who's burnt out, if you see yourself in some of these situations, I want you to treat those as red flags for what could happen. I want you to take steps now to prevent yourself from getting to a place of burnout. I think Far too often, and this is true for so many areas of our lives, we kind of wait until things are bad enough before we react. We do this in healthcare. So for any of my healthcare workers listening, you know our system is reactive rather than proactive. I want you to flip that on its head for your own life. We should all be more proactive and less reactive. We don't want to wait for things to crash and burn. I don't want to wait for the point where you are literally sobbing on your work on your way to work every single day and you aren't taking as good care of your patients and you have no compassion left for them. I don't want you to wait till that point. I want you to recognize like, ooh, I'm not working out as much as I used to or I'm noticing that I'm craving lots of sugar these days and I'm sleeping more or I'm sleeping less. I want you to notice those signs and say, ooh, I should take care of myself now. That's a sign that I need to prioritize my own self-care. That's a sign that maybe I shouldn't take this extra shift. That's a sign that maybe I should go use the employee assistance program or get work with my therapist who I had before and kind of get myself in a place where I have the skills I need to prevent burnout from ever happening to me. So I want you to just take this episode in, reflect on how it feels for you to just hear and see if there's points that you notice that are true for you too. And just say me too, because I'm with you. You are not alone. That I think we all need to be reminded of far more often because gosh, all this heavy stuff can feel so isolating and it feels like there's something wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with you. I promise. And I promise that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It may feel like it's so far away, but we can get you there. We can get you to a place where life brings you joy again, where you feel connected to the people you love again, where maybe you love your job again, that you can go into work and feel fulfilled again. That's what I want for you. That's the point of this series. And that's the point of the burnout club. So if this is resonating, If you know that you need support too, I want you to hop on the wait list. It's in the show notes or just send me a message. We'll get you in there. Tomorrow, we are going to start a couple episodes where you get a little bit more of the behind the scenes of what to expect within the Burnout Club. And I'm really excited for those couple of episodes. So I hope to see you there. I hope that at the very least, this episode gave you a little bit more insight into who your host is, and maybe you can connect with me a little bit deeper. It's hard when we're over a podcast, like I wish I could see you in person, but I hope that these types of episodes at least help you feel more connected to the person on the other side of this microphone. I just appreciate you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. I love you. I am rooting for you, and I will see you then. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. 
If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley Osho so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.